Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. All right, Tim, the question for today's episode is, is it gay to fall in love with Jesus? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's pretty gay. (laughs) (laughs) I think most people, most people who listen regularly to us probably expected that kind of short response from you. But I think there, maybe there's some other people who this is one of the first things they're ever hearing from us. And so we probably need to flesh that out a little more. I think especially the biggest the biggest pushback to this question and I, I you know we're obviously trying to get at something specific with a question that's worded this way but i think inevitably what would happen is is people might come into this and say to themselves hey hold on the bible says that we're supposed to love god with all our heart soul mind and strength and now you're now you're calling that gay like who do you think you are so so what what is you know sort of flesh out the you said yes it is flesh out that answer for us a little bit for sure i mean just i mean do you feel like a homosexual if you say that you're falling in love with jesus i mean it it feels weird i would never say i'm falling in (laughs) love with jesus (laughs) why not (laughs) because because that just that feels strange i mean it's the same as saying like you know (laughs) i i don't i don't know that i've never I've necessarily ever heard anyone say this, but like if someone were to say, you know, Jesus is my lover, you know, like, like <laughs> I mean, that, that would feel, you know, I think I any, I think anyone, everyone should cringe if, if someone were to say, Jesus is my lover, you know, I, I, I had a, um, a seminary professor um, who was more on the effeminate side. And he said that the word of God uh, is the bed in which we make love to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh no oh, oh my gosh i <laughs> hey, hey you asked me you asked me you i didn't asked, even, i didn't even ask you i didn't ask you about your seminary professor <laughs> i'm just trying to help you. you 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 know this is not intended to be a deep mystery here but i'm just trying to help you to to feel you know the gayness of uh, 
of uh, particular ways of phrasing certain things. Okay. So. Oh, okay. All right. So it feels weird. It feels weird to say that. Yeah. But I, is that just you know we're being overly masculine? We're we're trying to overwrite certain commands in the Bible that do tell us to love the Lord. Well, there, there, <laughs> there's different types of love, right? Uh-huh. So I mean, there's different types of love in the Bible. So. I mean, obviously, you know, if if you just think about it this way, think about um, like there's a type of love that you have for your children. Are you losing it? <laughs> I, I'm I'm still laughing at at the. I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. You're you're trying to answer, and I'm still laughing at at your seminary professor. Uh, yeah, that was the weirdest moment that I ever had at seminary. But um, no, I mean, all right. So look, love is love is not. Like love is a concept that we're called to do, but then you, know, you need to, um, you, you understand that there are love, like love in general is not just a, a virtue that's good in the abstract, meaning like you, like we're commit, like our love is meant to be constrained in certain ways. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so think about it this way. I mean, like if I, um, if I love an animal, like I love a person that may be a little bit weird. Now we live in a society that doesn't care about that, but like, if I really like we mentioned in one episode, you, you um, like a guy who was referring to a dog as his wife. Well, that's love, right? Love is love. Love can't be criticized. Well, the problem is that love, you know, God has commanded us to love certain things in certain ways and other mm-hmm. things in other ways. So I mean, you can imagine, like you can imagine any number of scenarios. So if I fall in love with a tree, is that right? Uh. I think that's weird. <laughs> that would be weird. If I treat a tree like a person, is that weird? If I treat a, you know, if I fall in love with an animal, is that weird or is that normal? Right. Is that, you know, now if I fall in love with a man as a man, you feel cringe, cringy with that kind of way of phrasing it because it's a, like the issue is not love. Like love is fine, but there are like different types of love that are appropriate in different kind of context. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so like you have um, like the word love can mean a lot of different things. So like love can mean like brotherly kindness um, that you might have, like a brotherly affection. You know, I would say, yeah, I love you as a person, mm-hmm. but I'm don't, not going to. Hey, please don't fall in love with me. Yeah, no. I mean, don't <laughs> worry about it. I'm not, I'm not tempted that way. But, you know, if I if I were to say like I'm so in love with you, Harrison, like that would just be we would shut this recording off and we go and. <laughs> You would probably go like hide in shame somewhere and try to would, wash out your ears with a. I would go to I would go to the the other elder of our church and <laughs> and we would start the church discipline process. Right. So so the issue is like love love is a good thing, but there are different types of love. There's erotic love. There's um, um, there's normal like. Uh, uh, there's erotic love. There's like romantic love. There's brotherly kindness kind of love. There's self-sacrificial kind of love. Mm-hmm. There's like you know, favor, right? Yeah, yeah. So there, I mean, there, there's you just have a word that can mean so many different things. So part of what's cringe about it is like the falling in love language in general is kind of cringe if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, like I think um, I think people shouldn't just give themselves over to their emotions. And let their emotions guide them. It's kind of like a follow your heart way of talking in general, like period. Okay. Uh, so I think that like there's better ways to word even romantic love than like the, 
like the falling in love language, almost as if once my emotions attached to you, I have no moral responsibility to make a wise choice. And anything I want to do at that point is morally permissible and fine because I've entered into this love state. I think that's a problem. But then what's more so a problem is that you have like when you when you're intent upon using this language of romantic love as it relates to God, then it can lead you to some really weird places. And the Bible doesn't really talk that way. So the Bible doesn't use like romantic language to describe our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, it, gets, it gets really weird either way. So, you know, you can imagine the single girl who is looking at God and basically saying, you know, I don't need to get married. Oh, I, I'm married to Jesus or something like that. It's like, well, that's really weird. Like that, that's um, like the church as a body is one day going to be presented as a, as a gift to Jesus. And there's a parallel that, to that in marriage. But what you're not meant to do is like fantasize about the consummation of that, right? Because mm-hmm. that's entirely not the point. You just have one feature of marriage that's being like picked up on, right? So there's different features of marriage. You have a metaphor, this in, imperfect, in, I mean, incomplete kind of metaphor there that you're supposed to latch on to certain truths from that. You're not supposed to press every detail there. So you're not meant to do that, you know, and there's a lot of people who go that way. And Voskamp is a, you know, a heretic female Bible teacher who basically wrote, you know, some books about consummating her union with God, you know, in some kind of mystical experience, what you're having. Oh, as well. my gosh. <laughs> right? but so that's, it, that's weird for women to do that kind of thing, but it's even more weird for a guy to picture himself in a wedding dress you know, and, uh, you know, picture himself doing that with Jesus. It's like, that's, that's, that's weird. Like we don't, we don't need to go there. And that's not like the, the Bible doesn't talk that way. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. You, you said you, you brought up the Bible doesn't talk that way. And you know, the first, what I immediately thought of while you were saying that was, man, I just can't, I cannot see Paul speaking this way at all. I mean, he right. doesn't. Number one, he doesn't anywhere in scripture, um, you know, talk about like, I'm going to be wearing a wedding dress or let me consummate. I, you know, we must all consummate our marriage with God or some. He, he doesn't speak that way at right. all. And I can't imagine him. I mean, he speaks affectionately about Christ, he speaks affectionately about um, God, the Father, and the Spirit. But then he he never speaks in any sort of like erotic or uh, or romantic type of way towards. They them. don't. It, it, they don't. But then what's happening is a lot of our worship songs now are doing this kind of thing to where, you know, you have a lot of worship songs that don't understand that you're not meant to press those kind of metaphors. In 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 the way that they're doing. Right. They're they're sort of mixing up the categories. They're mixing up a category. Yeah. So like you have a metaphor of we're we as a church are the bridegroom presented to Christ to tell something about um, like that teaches us something about what God did in redemption, but you're not like, if you're going in a salacious direction with that in your mind, you're doing something entirely inappropriate and Mm -hmm. wrong. Right. So like, that's not what's supposed to happen at all. Okay. Like you're not supposed to think in those kind of terms, but you have a lot of people who are doing that and they're talking about God in that way. Um, and you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of our songs are, are going that way. So that people don't even realize how abnormal it is to speak that way about God. 
mm-hmm. uh, because the Bible doesn't do it. So the Bible doesn't present God as if he's like our lover, you know, that we're supposed to mentally fantasize about in order to keep ourselves uh, from, you know, being sexually frustrated as single people or something like that's just not. That's oh, man, I don't even want to. I hope no one is doing that. There that, are people. Yeah. Oh, in Dallas campus doing that. I, I, <laughs> oh, man. That's weird. That's uh, that's beyond yeah. weird. That's yeah. All right. So, but that's what my seminary professor is. He's speaking that kind of language, the language of erotic love, and like there's no value in that, and that's not a biblical way of talking. And we need to, you know. So it's not just that your you know your gaydar is going off or something like that. <laughs> 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 like it's like you're meant. I mean, you're meant to be repelled at that thought, right? Yeah. Of, erotic love with God, romantic love with a man. Like you're meant that God, Jesus is a man. You're not, I mean, um, he's the God man, but he's, you know, he has a human nature. You're not supposed to fan You're supposed to be repelled by that. And you're not supposed to carry that over into some relationship with God. That's some kind of like, I mean, that's like straight out of a pagan religion. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's what all the Greek, you know, uh, Greek and Roman myths are centered around is like the gods copulating with humans and, creating like mythical beings and all that. You're not supposed to think that way. You're not supposed to talk that way. So, I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. You know, I can say to my son, I love you. And everyone knows what I mean, but I could also make it creepy if I want to, uh-huh. you know, and if I were to say, Hey, I'm falling in love with you. Everyone would think, Whoa, we need to take your kid away from you. Right. Like that's really weird and inappropriate and strange. And yeah, you're probably uncomfortable me even mentioning it as a bad thing to do right now. Kind of strange. Right. Yeah, but so that's the point. The point is that like this is just these are natural, normal impulses that men have, um, and I think the more that like um, our songs get feminized, the more that those categories are blurred to right. from time to time. And so, and do you think you know? Okay, so hypothetical situation here, just to kind of help clarify the point a little bit. Let's say you live in a culture where the phrase, uh, you know falling in love with someone is not like a romantic phrase, right? (laughs) Like, so you live in a, you live in a culture where that's, that's strange to think about because for us, it's so much a romantic thing that it's hard to think about it not being that, but let's say it it truly is just like a, a platonic um, expression of like fondness towards someone with no sort of, you know, sexual or um or uh romantic connotation to it would it be the same issue to say that or is it more about like what you're actually if it were platonic um it wouldn't be that issue it would be another issue okay what do you mean i mean love is a verb love the lord your god with all your heart soul and strength it's not a state of being that just happens Mm -hmm. right so like it's a decision you make, it's a choice that you make. You choose right. to, you choose like biblical love is not just this feeling that comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're powerless to generate. And once it comes, you must, like it becomes an imperative that you must act upon. And that's the way we talk about it. So like in, I mean, we talk about it that way. So a man goes to get married to a woman like he says he does it. Why? What's the reason? Well, because I've fallen in love with her. Well, he's not taking like he's basically taking that word and saying it's just in, in describing it in 
as passive a way as possible. And then he's making that into a moral imperative that he must obey. Mm-hmm. And then when you fall out of love, when you're married, then you have a moral imperative to leave that marriage. And if you fall in love with someone else, you have a moral imperative to get divorced and go pursue the other thing because the love feeling like you're being governed by the feeling, right? The feeling governs everything. So even if you take away the romantic connotations of it, it's still a wrong view of love. Yeah. Because it's basically like a passive sort of out of my control feeling. Instead of, instead of saying like, Hey, I'm going to love you unconditionally, no matter what you do, you know, no matter, you know, what happens, there's nothing that you can do that could change like my commitment to you at, you know, whatever's appropriate for that relationship. And then over and over again, as you read through the Bible, uh, Jesus is going to say, this is love that you keep his commitments. Mm -hmm. It's not, this is love that you fall into some kind of emotional feeling, right? Right. Love. If you love God, you will keep his commandments. The one who says he loves him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him. Right. So love, biblically speaking, is an action. So what you're telling me is now I, I am able to say I'm falling in love with Jesus, but I mean <laughs> it as I'm just trying to obey his commandments. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if it can conceivably in any, you know, in, in the multiverse, you know, <laughs> somewhere out there, one of the Molinistic possible worlds, if, if that expression meant you know, an action whereby you love God, then I suppose in that universe you could say that that's, there's only one universe and (laughs) the one that we're in, it doesn't mean that, you know. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough then. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.